welcome to Dear Reader, the podcast where we talk about mental health, culture, and the writing life and beyond. My name is Isis Fernandez Rojas, and I'm a writer, blogger, and educator. I'm also a mental health advocate who lives with depression and anxiety, figuring it all out one day at a time. While we discuss issues pertaining to mental illness in this show, it is not a substitute for treatment under the care of a licensed professional. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Reader, Mental Health and the Writing Life, where we take the time to explore one guiding word each week. I'm your host, Isis Fernandez Rojas. This week's guiding word is boundaries. It's the holiday season, and our boundaries, whether we've established them or not, will be tested. Boundaries can include the ability to say no to other people. It can also include creating boundaries for yourself and asking yourself specific questions. For example, what will you accept in your life? How do you expect to be treated and how do you find the courage to communicate that? This week's guest has done that heavy lifting and continues to do so. David Dunn is a writer, film critic, and former journalist who is based in the DFW Metroplex. A feature writer for the South Lake Style magazine, David has written for publications including the Dallas Morning News, the Fort Worth Weekly, Movie Pilot, the Arlington Voice, and the Waxahachie Daily Light. David also writes for his own website, DavidDunReviews.com, and has been featured on NBC5 and occasionally releases video commentaries on his YouTube channel. Full disclosure, though, David is a former student of mine. What I find so fascinating about his interview today was that this young man in his mid to late 20s is starting to figure out something I didn't begin to consider until I was in my 30s. The big lesson here is that boundaries are just as important for self as they are for everyone else. During the interview, he discusses that establishing and knowing his boundaries is a continuous process that didn't come without its challenges. He also has Asperger's syndrome and as a result has had to not only find his boundaries in professional and public settings, but had to hold firm. I learned a lot from my conversation with David. And since he's a film buff, I learned so much about films as well. But above all, here's what I understood. Learning, establishing, and holding firm to boundaries is a process. No matter what your age. Reader, I hope you learn as much as I did from our conversation. Here's the interview. 
David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Isis. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I am excited to get into it, but I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, I've been I've been writing for quite some time now. I think the first journalism job I ever had was 2012. It was my sophomore year of college. It's actually funny how I got into uh, writing in the first place. Uh, originally, so in 2011, or excuse me, 2010, right? Uh, I was in high school. I'm freshly graduating all the shebang. And just off a whim, I decided to check out uh, The Social Network, the movie by David Fincher starring Jesse Eisenberg about Facebook, right? Crazy on Facebook. I watched that movie and I was so blown away at the Shakespearean level of writing, the really clever cinematography, the tight editing, the Academy Award, you know, worthy acting from everyone, not just Jesse Eisenberg. And I was looking at all of these layers to this movie and I was just like, I have to write about this. Like, I can't, if I don't write about this, I'm just going to explode. So I literally opened up a Facebook account. I literally started uh, Facebook because of the movie, The Social Network. And the second review, I well, the first review I published, I wrote about the Shawshank Redemption. Classic, um, and, classic, oh, classic. Amazing, movie. amazing. I love it. I love Frank Darabont. And then the second one I wrote was uh, The Social Network. That was how my foray into writing started. From there, I just kept pumping out reviews. Um, one day, I uh, submitted them for consideration to our college newspaper, The Shorehorn. And uh, my editor at the time was like, hey, these are really good. You should come on as our film critic. So uh, literally had no publishing experience prior to that. I did not take yearbook or newspaper when I was in high school. I literally just started blogging reviews on social media. That got me into my uh, first newspaper job at uh, the University of Texas at Arlington. So from there, I just kind of went everywhere in every which way and direction. You know, I obviously uh, wrote uh, reviews, uh, editorials, and features for that paper. Um, but as time went on, I kind of uh, expanded to writing editorials for Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Weekly. Um, I wrote city council coverage for the Arlington Voice. I wrote about uh, movie news and topics for Movie Pilot and The Inquisitor. I, I basically just went out and wrote everywhere and published everywhere and anywhere that I could. And that's what kind of uh, got me into everything. It was a humble little um, movie about Mark Zuckerberg that he fervently hated called The Social Network. <laughs> and what's so funny is uh, years later, I actually got to interview the screenwriter for that movie, uh, Academy Award winner Aaron Sorkin. He also did uh, movies for, uh, he also wrote A Few Good Men, and uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, I actually interviewed him for Steve Jobs and I kind of got his perception of working on that project with all of the production difficulties that had. But yeah, no, man, it's been a blast. I've been, you know, nothing but blessed. That's a, a great way to describe it. Well, Sorkin, if I recall correctly, wrote one of my favorite TV shows, which is The West Wing, if oh. I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so, I saw it. Oh, it is! It get on Netflix. It's worth, <laughs> it's worth the watch. The later, the later, and this will be controversial. I feel like this is where I'm going to get as many phone calls and texts and, <laughs> and, and emails. This. 
Right, where people were going to be like, no, all of all of West Wing was great. The latter part of West Wing, the latter, the latter one or two seasons were just awful. They were just awful. I'm sorry. They were just not. They were just not good. Um, the but tail the end of any season, I feel like, is awful. Like, it's I... just, yeah, it, like it should have ended sooner. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it really just, yeah, like it, yeah. <laughs> You know what's so funny? Uh, so I was actually in New York not too long ago. And before mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin got into writing movies, uh, he actually wrote plays. Uh, as I mentioned, A Few Good Men, mm-hmm. he actually wrote the stage play of that before he wrote the movie. Uh, oh, wow. And Jack Nicholson. But what's really cool is I was up in uh, uh, New York with uh, uh, my girlfriend and her family. And I saw on this banner, To Kill a Mockingbird, written by Aaron Sorkin, starring Ed Harris. I'm like, stop, stop. I'm no. like, Aaron Sorkin doing To Kill a Mockingbird. I have to see this. And I unfortunately didn't have time to. But God, I I pray he writes that into a screenplay format and Ed Harris plays it for live on the screen. I am I am a huge, huge fan of Aaron Sorkin. He 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 can't do much wrong in my eyes. And if I ever see West Wing, uh, maybe the last few seasons will do it. But golly, he's such a talented, such a creative writer. And didn't he also do, I thought he did, um, didn't Sorkin did Newsroom on HBO? I think he did Newsroom. He did. He did write Newsroom as well. Yeah. And oh, I, I, so I haven't, good. Yeah. I, I saw a clip the other day um, where um, the, the climate scientist went on uh, his, his show and said, hey, we're all screwed. I'm like, hey, man, well, at least Aaron Sorkin doesn't pull any punches. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really so, is. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the word, the guiding word here. And of course, the guiding word is boundaries. Tell me a little bit, how do you define the word boundaries? Basically, the way I define, define boundaries is lines you establish with people around you and you clarify that you can't really cross these. And to be fair, I have not been that good at establishing establishing boundaries in the past there's this meme uh um subscribed to online it says uh be a bottle of water not a bottle of soda you know because if you shake a bottle of soda it explodes Mm -hmm. but if you shake a bottle of water it just stays you know calm and collected for more than half of my life i've been i not only have i been a bottle of soda i've been a bottle of soda with a pack of mentos poured into it uh, <laughs> you know, exploding into a volcano, soda-y mess everywhere. But more recently, I've been trying to be more like water. But I think in doing that, I haven't made boundaries clear and kind of poked holes into my bottle uh, and uh, hurt myself, if that makes any sense. Right. So that's a long and exasperated way of saying boundaries. Establish them early. Establish them consistently. Because uh, if you don't establish them, people can, you know, treat you like a bottle of soda as much as they want to. So so you said earlier, if you don't establish boundaries, it could hurt you. What do you mean by that? So um, I've had some, uh, um, I, I wouldn't even say mentors. I've had some uh, supervisors in the past that were very coarse and very unkind in their delivery of instruction. Uh, I remember one time I was in college, I was confused with a particular point of instruction when it came to an editorial we were forwarding to uh, uh, the creative department. 
And I was just trying to talk over uh, any confusions and just, you know, try to remedy the situation. And the person I was talking to didn't even mince words and say, uh, just do your effing job. So okay. stuff like, yeah, yeah, no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but yeah, nowadays I obviously don't tolerate that speech. Nowadays, if you swear at me to that extent, I'm going to sit you down and say, Hey, that's not okay. Don't effing do that. Uh, I'm kidding. I wouldn't use that, but you know, <laughs> if, if things are tense enough, I might, I might, but you know, stuff like that. Um, and actually later on in my college years, when people raise their voice at me um, more often than not, I would kind of match them in their voice, just kind of say, Hey, you know, you think it's okay to treat people like this? I'm going to uh, throw that right back at you. You know, I'm not, I'm a nice person until I don't need to be. If that makes any sense. I, right. uh, I've become you're, more resistant to uh, mistreatment. You're nice until you're not essentially. Oh yeah. Big time. Big <laughs> time. That's a, that's one of the big life lessons I've been learning lately. So I think one of the things or one of the questions that the listeners are going to have is they're going to listen to your voice and they're going to say, how old is this kid? How (laughs) does he know about boundaries? And people live an entire lifetime and not know how to create boundaries and how to protect those boundaries. So can you tell us a little bit about how you learned that lesson, how you learned about boundaries, how to create them, how to keep to them. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So first of all, you mentioned age. Um, for our listeners, I'm uh, 26 going on 60. Um, oh, and I, I, he's a youngin. I say, Ladies and gents, he's I, a youngin. I knew him well, younger than that. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny is a. Uh, God, when did you know me? Like, what was I like twenty two? Whenever we met, or something like that. 21? I think you were in, you were in your early twenties. It may have yeah. been twenty two. Yeah. What's so funny is like whenever I was in college, you know, this shrimpy little kid, right? But the thing is, like the Dunn side of the family, we grow really thick beards, right? Basically, look like a lumberjack. I walk into a bar, I'll be like nineteen years old. Uh, a guy will be like, "Hey, man, what are you drinking?" You know, not even at all questioning my age. I look like I'm thirty. <laughs> um, I have my dad's jeans to thank for that, you know, beard man over here. Um, but uh, going back to your uh, original question, uh, and if I'm if I remember it correctly, creating boundaries and sticking to them, right? How I learned to stick to them, right? How would I say it? My road to learning that, learning how to be consistent and kind to myself with what I need, it's been bumpy. It's been very, mm-hmm. very, very, very bumpy, especially early on in my writing career you know and and you know this you know writing nowadays is such a inconsistent profession Mm -hmm. um you really kind of got to find your home somewhere with people that value and appreciate you and and the position that you're at otherwise you're just freelancing for a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of different markets all at once so early on in my writing career i was more or less trying to be a people pleaser you know if if someone told me one thing, I'd say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. If someone was adamantly wrong in a situation, I would humbly try to challenge them. But if it wasn't going anywhere, it's like, okay, well, it's a matter of agreeing with this person or losing my job, frankly. So learning to come to the point where I'd say, hey, lay the hammer down. 
I'm not tolerating this. And I feel bad for the poor soul that would tolerate this. Getting to that point, putting my foot down and saying, no, you're not going to speak to me or treat me this way. I've had to take a lot of bruises, a lot of beatdowns, and a lot of scrapes before I finally mustered up the, the gumption to say, hey, sod off. I told you no. I kind of, I'm trying to think of a, a good way to compare it to. Imagine the, the Pillsbury Doughboy before he turned into that giant, scary monster in Ghostbusters, right? Right. Um, that's what I, I kind of equated to. Um, I, I was a Pillsbury Doughboy before uh, the spirits got into me and Bill Murray had to uh, eliminate me in the movie. So. <laughs> So going from Doughboy to, and these are your words. Yeah, I'm the only one that can make that transition. Doughboy to Men of Boundaries. Mm -hmm. That takes some courage there. Would you consider yourself courageous? Um, Yes and no. Um, There are times where I'll break out of my shell, because I'm naturally a very humble person right i'm naturally a very quiet you know introverted guy my mantra is um you know once is a mistake twice is stupidity so if someone says something stupid the first time i usually try to brush it off and then you know do something later on the parts where i get excuse me really courageous as you put it they're the parts where people i care about are getting put in the same situations that I do. Right. And you know, me, I I like to think of myself as a tough guy. Um, Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but I've been through a lot of uh, um, beat downs. I'm I'm a little familiar with how abuse can happen in the workplace and in uh, 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 personal lives as well. But the minute I see that going on with like some new hire or new reporter or new editor, and they're so anxious that they have to take stress pills at their desk. They're on the verge of crying. Like I have to hand them, you know, a water bottle or a tissue and say that it'll be okay. That's when I get lividly ticked off. That's when I get like, okay, myself is one thing. I already have low self-esteem. I could take a little more. You do that to these people and try to destroy them. I'll, you know, shoot your head off. What are you talking about? So I, I think for me, you know, the, the courage, as you put it, it, it comes out of compassion um, and it comes out of situations that I've been in that I've uh, um, uh, been displeased by. And I don't want to see other people go through those situations. And I also try to uh, be instructional and mentoring like as much as possible. You know, I, I've, I've been in those situations where people didn't value uh, your opinion or your ability. And I try to make other people feel uh, valued and appreciated in, the, in their own, even if they're not, right in the professional setting like even if they try to do something a specific way or tell a story in a certain format and it doesn't adhere to style you know there's a way to say that and put it respectfully and decently and not come off like a complete you know a-hole you know like you know the whole do your effing job kind of situation you know um you, you can you can have those conversations in 
more respectful and more constructive ways. And that's a big thing that I really appreciate about my current position with uh, South Lake Style Magazine, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That team is an exuberance of positivity and uh, construction. They don't, they don't hide criticism from you, but they're direct and they're clear. And they're, it's, it's like you're talking to a machine, right? If, right. Uh, if a keyboard is broken and you can't touch a certain key, you take it to a, a, the tech and say, hey, this key needs to get fixed. It's the same thing in the, in the office setting. You say, hey, this problem needs to get fixed or this issue needs to be resolved, and you fix it. And it's just a community and environment of mutual respect and understanding. From there, you, uh, you, you just build on that. Chewed out, definitely, but uh, no profanity has been thrown around. I can't tell you mm-hmm. how much I appreciate that. And I'm sorry that you're, you're, you've gone through that. It hurts my heart a little bit for you. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. I, 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 I chalk them up to uh, growing experiences, you know, uh, mm-hmm. growing pains. Because now that I've been through those circumstances, I know one, never, ever, 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 ever do that to someone else. Don't treat someone the way I've been treated. But two, I've also learned how to lead more positive conversations that doesn't tear down on a person's self-esteem as much. So that leads me to ask, and I can't believe I haven't asked yet. Yeah. What are your boundaries? Obviously, do not cuss at David Dunn. Oh no, you'll 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 get hood rat David Dunn if you do that again. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. He will dog walk you. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the profanity is is one thing, but I feel like that's so basic. Like, who wants to get cussed at in an office setting? I feel like if you do that, you're you're basically asking your employees to leave in droves. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really understand how you expect to retain a staff when you treat them like that. But there's also, likewise, you can cut profanity entirely from the conversation and still be um, a disrespectful, demeaning, you know, uh, um, a, a little prick, basically, right? So my boundaries, aside from the profanity, don't treat me like a child. Don't belittle me. Don't be sarcastic in moments of uh, high stress. And if there's something I'm not understanding, don't treat me like I'm stupid. You know, and, and, and I'll admit, there's a lot of things I don't understand. You know, I, uh, I struggle with this uh, condition called Asperger's syndrome, mm-hmm. which um, uh, for those of you, uh, your listeners that don't know, it's considered a high functioning form of autism. So that basically means, you know, some things I'm phenomenal at, like, you know, tell me to throw words on a page man, I, I got that. I, I, I'll write stuff for days. I'll write you a J.R.R. Tolkien novel if I bloody ask me to. <laughs> but if you ask me to do something a little more nuanced, like writing an in-depth investigative report about oil and water companies or, you know, basically long-winded things like that, it'll be a little more bumpy for me because I know people tell me I'm a smart individual. I don't believe them. Uh, <laughs> you um, are David. You are I, smart. I appreciate that. Isis. thank you. I, uh, uh, you know, trying to build myself up more in that area is something I uh, am working on, but, but, but generally speaking, yeah, I, I do have a difficulty grasping certain subjects and that's uh, an extension of, you know, my own uh, personal health struggles. Uh, there will be times where I don't understand something, but if you just tell me directly, I'll, I'll make sure I fix it. You know, I've, I've probably uh, this month alone, I've had like three things that 
Um, I've had to speak to my publisher about about things that I need to fix. But the thing is, he's respectful about it. He's direct. He makes his expectations clear, and he doesn't uh, treat me like a child. So I'm like, okay, thank you for being honest. I'll fix it. And there's been times where I've I've too had to say, hey, I expected this. This didn't happen. So let's build that expectation going forward. So yeah, clarity, communication, respect. I, I don't feel like it's uh, that difficult of a thing to achieve. And unfortunately, it is for some people. And often it's it, for supervisors that should not be in the positions they're in. Right. And unfortunately, that happens in many, many gigs. Mm-hmm. So Man. how do you think your boundaries are going to change as you continue to grow into the young men that you are continuing <laughs> to grow into? Well... The changes, and I've already talked a little bit about some of the changes. I think one big change that I've um, um, kind of gone through, especially in the past several months, is learning to stick up for myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been in situations in the past where I've been uh, mistreated and I've tried to be like water and I ended up being the bottle of soda. And I wasn't being honest about that. I wasn't being honest about how I was feeling. So since mm-hmm. Uh, those issues I've kind of grown a little bit more I've kind of been able to be more honest more transparent about my emotions and kind of express what I'm feeling and why and going forward I think I'll just come more into that mold you know I've Mm -hmm. I've 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 come into points where I've really been direct as far as what I do or don't like in a professional or personal setting. And that surprises me because I'm naturally a people pleaser. I don't like to disappoint or irritate or frustrate people. Um, So I really try to meet their needs. But the thing I've neglected in doing that is that I have needs too. Those need to be met likewise. So I think becoming more confident in that setting. And that takes time. I, I didn't really, I didn't get to this point by not getting the uh, bejesus kicked out of me, you know, through several different jobs I've held over the past several years. But, but yeah, I, I think generally growing into that comfort or that and that confidence, that's just a, a natural progression from where I am now. And I'm grateful for that. It's a, it's a, it's a area of growth that needs to happen. I think not just with myself, but with anyone to um, know what they need and verbalize that and be honest with themselves about it and others. So with all this boundary making and this growing and this trying to stick up for yourself a little bit more, how do you incorporate self-care? Oh, man. Um, And let me tell you something. Self-care, that has been a big, 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 big thing uh, that I've really kind of gotten more into the mold of. I remember there used to be uh, one of my previous jobs I worked in, I uh, would have panic attacks. Um, I'd have panic attacks on Friday and I have panic attacks on Sunday because Friday is when content was due for the Sunday paper and Sunday is when I went back to work for Monday. I I think what I had to end up doing, you really just kind of take a step back for yourself. Um, Not just with 
jobs or responsibilities or duties, but also with relationships. There was a point uh, earlier uh, last week where I was talking to a friend and uh, uh, me and them got into a little bit of a scuffle uh, over text. You know how it is. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you send the, 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 the letter K with a period, you know, right. <laughs> um, whatever that gets that. You're just like, okay, screw this enough. Throw my phone down. I am going for a walk. I am going to wash dishes. I'm going to listen to music. I am going to play Sonic the Hedgehog and kick the crap out of Robotnik. I'm going to do something <laughs> to put myself into a good uh, uh, position again. And, uh, and you know, one big thing uh, that's helped me as far as my own personal self-care uh, is writing. That, that's one reason why I think I'm uh, relatively decent in this profession is because I conform to writing as a release, not necessarily like a, you know, dear diary, you know, type of setting, even, although I, I encourage people to do that if mm-hmm. it helps them. But, you know, man, I, I contribute to a magazine. Uh, I write for my own website, freelance for uh, um, a few other uh, places every now and then, you know, you, you just kind of release yourself there and you release uh, your thoughts, your feelings, your angst, your emotions, and you just kind of lay down on the page with the words you type. And that's, that's a, a big help for me as far as self-care goes, because I, I, I left all my emotions on, on the pages I wrote. And uh, for people who are considering which professions to go into, I really encourage them to go into professions where they, they can do self-care. You know, for some people, it's music. For some people, it's uh, acting or art. Um, other times, it's uh, mathematicians and engineering. Although, good God, that, you know, those problems you have to solve there is just insane. Learning when you need to take care of yourself, not just in an office setting, but even when you're at home. I think that's another thing I've really kind of been more sensitive to from my angle because of longest time I've lied to myself saying everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, you know, rocking back and forth in a fetal position, sucking my thumb. But no, you just have to be honest with yourself, you know, take a step back saying, I'm not okay. How do I get okay? You know, kind of like I was saying earlier, you know, being honest with um, the people you surround yourself with saying uh, what your boundaries are. You kind of got to set your own boundaries um, when it comes to taking care of yourself. Right. And that's and that can be an, a scary thing as terrifying a person with depression and anxiety and you know I've 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 been there I've been there on a Friday and I've been there on a Sunday yeah. <laughs> and I know exactly that feeling that that terrifying feeling and it's the same terror there's two different shades of that terror yeah. and you have got you realize like what am I doing with my life. <laughs> that like two days out of seven day week, I am terrified. Yeah. So I, that I was... have been there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Uh, well, well, God bless you. I know it's not a fun place. Definitely not. So what are you reading now? Are you doing any reading? Mostly reading up on the impeachment proceedings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, Uh most of my reading, I'm either filtering between uh, movie reviews or keeping up with uh, the day-to-day news. You know, Washington Post, uh, New York Times, uh, USA Today. Uh, if I'm not keep paying attention to that stuff, I'm either uh, reading reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Metacritic, Rodriguez.com. But yeah, generally speaking, that's some things 
that I read. I'm kind of all over the place when it comes to reading. I will say one book I'm catching up on lately. Uh, did you ever see uh, um, Ridley Scott's The Martian starring Matt Damon? No. I watched the movie before um, I read the book, and I actually gave the book to my grandmother, the one that uh, passed away I was telling you about earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever she passed away, I saw that she had that book uh, by her bookshelf. And uh, I took it home with me. I read through it a little bit. And it's such a brilliant book, like really creatively written, captivating. It's funny. Not often the survival stories are funny, but this one is, you know, reading that uh, alongside her, you know, uh, brought me a little closer to her. So that was a good experience. Uh, I have a friend of mine. Um, uh, we, uh, um, we talked about um, a lot of things lately from politics to movies. And uh, we talked about our different experiences watching uh, 12 Years a Slave, um, which is another masterful movie. I, I, right now it's like, I'm I'm fighting whether or not 12 Years of a Slave is my favorite movie this decade or not. But anyhow, um, I uh, one of my uh, earliest experiences, I went, to, I saw the movie twice. The second time I watched it, I actually took one of my friends to go see it. He's from India and he's never seen a movie in the big screen setting before. Like he literally, um, he, he always torrented stuff. He never watched anything on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So I took him to see that. And that was his first experience in a theater watching it and just seeing his experiences, like, you know, his reactions, you know, crying, you know, the, the whole, you know, shocked open mouth, like the, the beauty, the tragedy of that movie. Oh man. It's, it's, it's a lot, but Holy crow. It's, it's, uh, it's incredible. The, the, the power of film, but yeah. Uh, another long tangent talking about things that I read. Um, <laughs> long story short, uh, film reviews and news stories. Um, you know the, the 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 fake news media, as as some people like to, to, to put it. But <laughs> but we know different. Oh yeah, I meant <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, David, we're done. Oh really? Like yeah. my last name? Well, yeah, like your last name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to slip that in there. Yeah, literally. Uh, my fraternity brothers, they'll 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 say, "Hey, David, it's a done deal." You know, make that little pun there. So now oh, I have to make it every time. College is fun. <laughs> it really is, and, and you know, especially in a Greek setting, those experiences really don't go away. So, and that's another thing I want to add is that if you can find a a good support network, definitely do that because for sure, um, people make not only your experiences easier, but even setting up your boundaries and helping you set up those boundaries in some instances. Like I can't even begin to tell you the people that have helped me through the past few difficult years I've had. So. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Isis. I'm uh, uh, loved being here. That's the show, everyone. Thanks so much for joining in this week. A special thank you, of course, to this week's guest, David Dunn. You can follow his work at DavidDunnReviews.com. That's Dunn with two N's. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, write a review, or spread the word. You're welcome to do all of the above. You can always contact me via Twitter at Isis, that's I-C-E-S-S. 
and check out our brand new website. I'm so excited about this website, guys, and I hope you take a look at it. It's at DearReaderPodcast.com and you can go there for show notes, links to the things I've mentioned in the episode, and to the blog post that goes with the episode. Until next time, reader, take care of yourselves and happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.